Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Do you believe that today? He has overcome the world. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people walking around discouraged today for various reasons. Some of them are legit reasons. How many of you have ever felt like you were frustrated and you said, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. I have a legit reason to be frustrated. You ever felt that way? And you, you, you can. It's okay to be frustrated. How many know it's not a sin to be frustrated? Because if that was the case, we would all be in trouble. Right? But it's okay to understand that we all have been frustrated from time to time. And I realize that when I'm frustrated, God has still overcome the world. No matter how big my frustrations are. And you know, I realize that the Bible continuously talks to me about things that are going on in my life right now. Right now. There are things going on in my life. Your life. And those of you online. There are things going on in your life right now that nobody could really explain. Nobody could really put into words what it is that you're going through even you but I know the scripture speaks to us and I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about how do we get past some of these things and one of those things is my challenge to you this morning and it's also the message title take on the taunt when I say take on the taunt here's where I'm going with it we look at Isaiah for a moment. If you have your Bibles, you can look at Isaiah, and it's not a specific verse uh, that I want to necessarily highlight except for the fact that if you look at chapters 13, 14, all the way through into the 20s, we look at Isaiah 13, and there was one particular verse that says, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Now, I want to just focus on that part for just a moment. Now, don't turn to Isaiah 13, 14, don't, that's not our main text, but I just want to highlight in Isaiah 13 that there was a verse there that said, you will take up this taunt. And the word taunt stands out for us today. And I want to take that word taunt because it reminds me of a particular passage that reminds me of a stage that many of us today are in. Now, there's a classic story that you don't even have to go to church to know that I want to kind of bring, but I want to kind of bring an interesting angle. For those of you that have heard the story, I'll get there in a moment, but we look at all the nations that were prideful during Isaiah's day. And Isaiah begins to prophesy, and he begins to speak about the pride that these people have, and he begins to showcase that their pride was their downfall. He begins to say and pronounce judgments upon these nations because they thought they were too good for him. Their pride came before their fall. I read that somewhere. The pride stood against God. Their pride stood against the sacredness of following God. You know, pride is the one disease that everyone else around you knows you have and you don't. Get that? You ever met somebody that's prideful and they don't even know that they're prideful? But you, you can see right through it. You're like, wow, dude, seriously, how do you fit through the door with that head? And I'm not talking like sheer size. I'm talking about 
how in the world, right? Pride is a disease that everyone knows you have except the person that has it. They're usually the last one to find out. But the truth is that one of these nations that were very prideful was Babylon. And right then, God says, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. And God is really good at taking his people and showing up the enemy. How many believe that to be true? If he can take any one of us and use him for his glory, he can do anything. Because I remember looking at myself even at an early age as a teenager, as I, the call of God was on my life early at the age of 16 years old, the call of God was on my life. I need you to listen to me for a moment. Some of you still don't believe the call of God's in your life. At the age of 16, I knew the call of God was in my life. But there were taunts of the enemy. There were times that the enemy tells me, you don't even have a dad to teach you anything. Your mom, your mom has so much on her plate. She's working just to provide for you. You're not going to make it, man. I grew up in New York City where... If you don't have a mom or a dad, somebody will take up that place and be called a brother, a sister, a family member. In fact, they were complete gangs dedicated to family. That's the hook. So in other words, there's a lot of ways that you, you can be, you can listen to these voices and tell, you can actually start to believe that you can't be used by God. And some of you walked in here this morning. Some of you tuned in online. Some of you are listening right now. You don't believe God could use you anymore. You say, I'm past my prime. I'm really not flexible anymore. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. What other excuses are you going to use? When you run out of those, what's next? I want to encourage you for a moment because some of you are like, Pastor Tony, that's not really encouraging yet. I want to tell you, I'm getting there. But I'm setting the tone for what the enemy has said so I can prove and actually disprove that those words come across your ears into this mind and you actually start believing it. Because the mind is your battlefield, is it not? You could be perfectly fine physically. You could be perfectly fine spiritually. You could be perfectly fine financially. And in your mind, there's a battle saying, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Anybody ever dealt with that? Come on. I know I am. I know I'm right because some of you walked into this room this morning and you said, you know what, I'm believe, I believe the taunt. And you don't even know it. You believe the taunt. So God used Babylon to judge his own people. In fact, because they're hard to become hard from him. And so when you come to Isaiah 14, God, as he always does, declares that he will once again have compassion on his people. So eventually God turns around and has compassion after he disciplines them. He has compassion on his people and returns them back to himself. Oftentimes because the people realize, man, I was real prideful. I was real prideful. Now listen, I want to read to you a side note. Aren't you glad for a moment this morning that the overwhelming, awe-inspiring love of God is available to all of us? Yes? The love of God is available to each of us. Now listen, if you agree with me, I move through this message better if I know that you're hearing me. So I want you to hear me right now that God declares over you that he will watch over you. He will guard over you. But sometimes to guard over you, he has to involve you. What are you talking about? What do you mean involve you? Well, sometimes God has to put you in a trial that you have to rely on him. 
He's going to involve you in your own healing. He's going to involve you in your own strengthening. Often we look at strengthening like reaching up and somebody else reaching down, right? We think of, man, pick me up, brother. You, do you have brothers in your life that can help you? Do you have sisters in your life that you can reach out and say, help me, and they can pull you up? That's how we see help, right? But sometimes he uses your own hand to help you up. In all essence, that's what push-ups are, <laughs> right? Helping yourself up, and sometimes you need a little help. But what I'm saying is, that there are times that you're taunted and you're told that you're something you're not. And God declares to you today, and God is saying to his people, include me so I can rescue you. Now look up verse 4 for a moment of chapter 13. You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. And now God says, you've been struggling enough. You've been disciplined enough. Now, turn around. You see the taunt? Fight the enemy. Take on the taunt, the one that's taunting you. Some of you know the story a little better than others. If we look at 1 Samuel 17, turn there for a moment. 1 Samuel chapter 17. God says at some point that you have to take on the taunt of the enemy. And some of you remember this story as a David and Goliath story. You say, Pastor Tony, I've read this story so many times. I've heard every sermon you could ever imagine. Entertain me for a moment. Because what if we just looked at a particular part and we looked at it intensely? Honestly, the competitive side of me, I'm a competitive person. Whenever I play any sport, video game, my sons are really good at video games. See, I was good when it was Nintendo. And there was just an A and B button. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now they got the wretched L1, L2, R1, R2, X, Y, Z. Yeah, I know it, man. I'm going back to Atari. One button, one joystick. Come on, somebody. How many know what I'm talking about? Coleco. Y'all don't know about Coleco. Never mind. Right? It started with a knob. That's all it was. No buttons, just knobs. Now it's 47 buttons. What is going on here? So I play my kids in games sometimes, and I'm like, I can't. What are you doing? How are you doing that right now? They're building forts. Like magical forts that come out of the sky. They build it right in front of them. And then they snipe you while, while they're building the fort. Like, how did you have time to snipe me when you're building a fort? It takes a special skill set. Right? No one knows what I'm talking about. A special skill set to take me out. Ooh, headshot. What happened just now? I disappeared. Headshot. You were building a fort. I thought you were distracted. What is happening right now? They do, they do all this stuff. and they, they, Sometimes they look at me. Dad, you're bad at this. They taught me. And then you know what I try? Put it on again. Put it on again. Restart it. I'm a competitive person. How many, how many ever did the put, put it on again right now? Put it on. Do it. Restart it. Anybody know what I'm talking Y'all don't even. Come on. Liars. 
You know what I'm talking about? Put it on again. I'm going to try again. And then they beat you worse. And you're like, damn, should have stayed while I was ahead. Now, I tried the cheetah thing. That don't work all the time. It's a skill set. And they taught me sometimes with that. I'm like, put on Contra. Pac-Man, I'll take you on. Because that's what I knew. They taught me, though, that, that, that part of us that's competitive. Well, we look at David and Goliath's story, and here's David bringing the cheesy bread to his friends and family. Read it. It was cheese and bread. It was cheesy bread. Okay, so he was bringing it to his, uh, the people at the forefront, right? It was, it was Domino's. Um, so he's bringing this stuff to the, to, right? He's there at the front line, and he finds the family his brothers on the front line and everybody's chickening out because there is the, the champion, the champion of the Philistine army. And he sees them shivering. Here's what I want to tell you. What I want us to all realize today is and be able to say this, I can and will take up the taunt of the enemy that has taunted me for so long. That we can look at it and say, I will take on this enemy. I can and will take up the taunt of the enemy. And that leaves no room for doubt. Right? When David says, I can and will take up the taunt, he leaves no room for doubt. I want to tell you today that whatever the enemy says you can't do, whatever the enemy says you are, whatever the enemy has declared over you, God has declared otherwise. Come on, somebody. The moment a competitive person hears a taunt, it's on. Right? Allow me for a moment to bring some context because uh, we realize that, that when you talk about David, a lot of people look at David and the story and they get fixated on a couple things. Number one, some are overly fixed on the idea that training, especially formal training, will cause us to hesitate because we look at logic like those who are well-trained in something, they look at something so logically that they can't be used by God. And so training stops us from stepping out in faith. And I don't believe that to be true. Alone. Then we look at the other side of it saying, God just took this kid who didn't know what he was doing and killed this giant. That's not true either, right? You realize that. He was young, but doesn't mean he didn't know what he was doing. He knew how to sling those rocks. Why? Because when he was out in the field with the, with the sheep, he was practicing. So I believe that God can take those who have studied and learned, and God can take those who haven't studied and haven't learned, and bring those two together where spontaneity and preparation can meet. Where you can prepare for the greatest moment, the greatest moment of your life, but not realize when it's going to happen. Are you following me? A lot of people look at that story like it was a spontaneous thing. No, God knew exactly what he's doing. He had been training David for a long time. David just didn't know when his time was up, and nor do you. When I say time is up, I'm not obviously not talking about that, you know, that death of David. I'm talking about his time to shine was upon him. He didn't know when that was going to happen. He's, he didn't know that when he was back there tending the sheep and he was flinging stones and he was taking out, you know, Cups, wooden cups up on the, on the, on the, on the, 
uh, on the fencing. You know, he was aiming at those and all the time he was practicing. He didn't know that he was practicing for Goliath. In the same way, there's some of you in this room, every trial you've been through in your life was a preparation for the day that you're taunted by the enemy and you have a response. A response that brings you to victory because you've been prepping from day one. I want to tell you that the story of David and Goliath is often the evidence that not only training, but, but, but believing God for that spontaneous moment, meet, they're married in the middle. Well, you know what? Every single time I prayed, I may not have seen heaven move, but every single time I prayed, my faith did move. You're not going to know every single time your prayer is answered. You're not. But we pray as if it is answered every time. Amen. Yes? Amen. David wasn't, he wasn't tending the sheep for those years, flinging the stones, flinging the stones, going, I can't wait to meet a champion nine feet tall. <laughs> he didn't know that that was the season that God was going to bring him in. But he met the taunt. He took on the taunt. And so can you. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of believers looking at the taunt the way we are today. There are many believers staring at the taunt of fear. Staring at the taunt of inadequacy. Staring at the taunt of all the things. I can't afford this. I can't do this. I don't want this. He doesn't love me. They don't love me. Nobody wants me. All these taunts of the enemy throwing at you. And all of a sudden you start believing it. Take on the taunt today. And start believing. That God has prepared you for this moment. And the church of Jesus Christ for this moment. Stop running. Stop hiding. Stop worrying about things you can't control. And start trusting that every single time you pray, God hears that prayer. Come on, somebody. Every single time you pray, God hears you. Every single time you worship, you are bringing about that moment to prepare you for that day. So we look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we look at David's story. David was just a boy. We look at him as untrained. Friend, he was not untrained. He was just young. Was he, was he someone that had never been in this situation? Yes. The church hasn't been in this situation ever, have we? Raise your hand if 2020 was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Pentecost is gone right now. No hands in the air. Nobody looked at the church this way, especially since I cast vision and the very next week the church was shut down. This is where we're going for 2020. It was a nice thought for a moment. But you know what's true? God. God is always true. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And while we didn't expect it, God saw it the whole way. And the church needs to rise, come to the front lines, and start fighting. Come on, somebody. If you're quiet, I will preach longer. I promise you. 
We need to fight. We need to believe. We need to understand that there's a taunt out there and the enemy's taunting you, telling you things that aren't true. The people of Israel believed the lie. That's why they were sitting back. You know, I can't recall, and forgive me, maybe I didn't read my Bible enough, but I can't recall a moment where anywhere in 1 Samuel 17 that someone did stand up to Goliath and died. Did you read anything like that at all? Did you read anywhere where any Israelite stood up? They all backed down. Nowhere in the scripture does it tell us that somebody stood up and said, I'll give it a shot. What's the reward again? Remind me, because I need that as my fuel. I'll take on the... Nobody! Everybody was shivering, wondering. Even the king took off his protective garb to put it on David. David said, get, get it off me. It's not right. It doesn't fit me. Isn't that a picture of how the world will put on their expectations on you? They want you to be a certain way. David said, no, I need to be me. Because you are everything God created you to be. I need to be able to sling stones because that's who I am and that's what I do. He took on the taunt. Somebody say, take on the taunt. David was just a boy. Yes. Inexperienced. Yes. But not ill-prepared. He had been preparing and preparing and God set him up for that moment. I think it's we got to take a closer look to the story. We'll see that the victory was indeed the Lord's. How many know it was not just David? Right? It was God in David. Right? Let's be clear. So I don't want to overestimate and overshoot the, 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 the element that it was David. David was the vessel that God used, but it was God through David. And it's the story where the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with training, preparation, Deliberate, come on somebody, deliberate preparation. Deliberate preparation. And proven ministry experience will oftentimes be what holds people back. But I've never done that before. But I've never been that before. Well, now's a good time to start. Now's a good time to be. Right? It's often assumed that David simply saw a need and filled it. Yeah. But God put him there. God put him in that moment. But we realize that he didn't just jump into battle. David did not just jump into the battle. He patiently waited to be sent. He waited for those times that he wasn't at war and his brothers were out to war. Until one day his father said, go, take this to your brothers. That was the day. And we look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 we pick up where Saul and all his Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Verse 11, taunts from Goliath. Let's look at 8 through 10 for a moment. Goliath stood up and shouted a what? A taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Stop there for a moment. He says, I'm a champion, you're just a servant. He's downplaying all of the soldiers. Do you think for a moment that Saul brought out people that were not warriors to that battle? 
Do you think for a moment that Saul's out there with just servants? No, he's out there with his warriors. But, the, but Goliath spoke to them as if they were something less. And that's exactly what the enemy is doing to the church of Jesus Christ today. He speaks to you and says, you're just servants. I'm a warrior. You're just. And you're just. Fill in the blank. And you are only. Some of you have been told you're only this and you're only that. And you bought it. Hook, line, and sinker, you bought it. I'm telling you, it is time for the church to take on the taunt. To fight the enemy right at his doorstep. Let's bring the fight to the enemy. Come on, somebody. Y'all quiet. Dang it. I got to preach harder. Goliath stood and he shouted a taunt. And what are we doing? Uh, what's our response? What are we doing now? God is like, you know what? Stand up and fight for what you believe in. And you know what? You know what Goliath said? Watch this. He called them servants of Saul. He said, then choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy. Here's what he says. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Send me a man who will fight me. This is New Living Translation. I love how this is worded because I realize... At that moment, everything is on the line. You realize that? Everything is on the line. I don't want to get this wrong. Let's get this right. David, being faithful to his duties, was just there. But he said, nobody else will fight. I'm not going to see my family fall under his rule. I'm going to fight too. Some of y'all need to get the fight back in you. 2020 has drained you. I know it, friends. I know it. But we need to get the fight back in us. And we need to take on this taunt. It's an enemy taunting you. He's telling you this and he's telling you that. Can I tell you, can I tell you something that will counter that? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Goliath was nothing but a nine-foot voice box for the world. He was a nine-foot voice box of the world. The enemy in physical form. And I'm telling you, we have to deal with the enemy the way David did. David could hear both distant taunting of Goliath and possibly the shiver of his own brothers and his own military. So what does he do? 17 verse 32, chapter 17 verse 32, he says, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go up and fight him. I like how he did this because he doesn't even call himself a warrior. He says, your servant is going to go fight him. I, I almost look at this like a, the competitive side of me. You call me a wimp? Well, this wimp is going to go out and fight you. Right? Because he said, you're all servants of Saul. I'm a champion. And he says, well, watch this servant go out and fight you. I like that. He's got a little spunk to him. How you, you guys ever seen somebody that's feisty, that's really, really feisty at a young age? See, I, I, I grew up around cousins. They were all, almost all of them were older than me. 
right? The ones that I used to wrestle with all the time. They were always bigger than me. So I said, I found out ways to get around that. They were bigger and stronger, but they weren't faster. So I found ways to hit them and run because to catch me was a whole different thing. You could, you could beat me, but you got to catch me to beat me. Come on, somebody. Dusty, you don't know about that. You were probably the older cousin. I would, let me tell you something. I would do things like, you want him? And he'd look and I'd punch him and run. And he'd, he'd get angry at me, but he had to catch me. I'm telling you, you cannot allow the taunt you hear in your head to determine the level of courage in your heart. Put that quote up for me, guys. You cannot allow the taunt you hear in your head to determine the level of courage in your heart. Why? Because God has put something in your spirit that is feisty, that is worthy of of using the glory of God to fight the enemy's plans. Are you with me? You guys with me for a few more minutes here? Because I'm about to tell you something. You must take up your own taunt. You have to realize this servant and declare for yourself. Some of you need to speak to yourself. How many ever found yourself talking to yourself? Anybody ever find yourself talking to Some of y'all talking to yourself right now. Man, I forgot to put the chicken in the crock pot. That's not the type of talking to myself I'm talking about. All of a sudden, there's a multitude of people thinking about chicken in crock pots. What I'm saying is this, that sometimes you have to hear your own voice speak promise into your life. There are times I need to say, come on, just get up. Stop feeling the way you're feeling. I know you have every reason to feel a certain way, but just get up one more time. How many times do you have to get up just one more time than you fell? It's that eighth time if you've fallen seven times that matters. He's furthermore, David begins to declare, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He put him in his place. He said, you're the one that started this. You're the one that defied God. And let me show you who it is that I serve now. You need to remind yourself who you serve. Take on the taunt. Come on, tap your neighbor right now. Tell him, take on the taunt. Come on, tell him, take on the taunt. Come on, those of you online right now, write it on the, write it on the comments. Take on the taunt. Take on the taunt. David responded to that taunt and form that Goliath was probably like, whatever, little man. I'll fight you. This is going to be an easy one. He didn't realize David had been practicing. And practicing and practicing. David responded with his own taunt, and his response to Goliath was centered around the Lord. Listen, if, you're tra- if you're, your taunt doesn't trump your abilities, then you're fighting it within your own abilities. If your taunt doesn't go beyond your specialty, then you're relying on your own 
specialty. David never fought a champion, but he will fight many more from this day forward. Yes? Because when you take out a nine-foot giant that was possibly undefeated, I don't know, but this man was a champion. There's a reason why he was a champion. He beat a lot of people, but he never faced David. David reminded him who he was. The battle is the Lord's, 1 Samuel 17, 47, and he will give all of you into our hands. So what did he do? Let me share this thought with you as I begin to kind of put this in a capsule. Many of us know the story. Some of this story is familiar. Raise your hand if you know the story. Raise your hand right now if you know the story. You heard David and Goliath. You kind of know what happens, right? He goes out there. He grabs stones. Some people say, well, he grabbed extra stones. He grabbed, you know, stones for, you know, and some even speculate because of the, the, the brothers that Goliath would have. He grabbed those stones for later. I don't know. But I know that there are times that I miss, so I grab extra. I don't know what David was thinking when he grabbed the stones. He only needed one. But I know this for sure. When he runs out to meet Goliath, Goliath played him lightly, just like I believe the enemy is playing the church lightly. I believe the enemy is taking the church lightly. Why? Because the church has taken the church lightly. David's faith and his faithful follow-through not only silenced the taunt of the enemy, but severed it completely. You know the story? He took Goliath's own sword and took off Goliath's head. Why? Because the enemy will oftentimes be the the reason why he is defeated by his own hand, by his own tools. The very thing he wants to take you out with is the very thing you take him out with. You realize that? The very sword. David didn't take Saul's sword or one of the other soldier's swords. He took the enemy's sword. He took the enemy's tool to take out the enemy. Why? Because the enemy's coming at you with many different things. And I believe the Lord wants you to know the very thing he's using to take you out is the very thing you're going to use to take him out. Something has to give and someone has to be severed. And by God, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be my family. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my church. I'm fighting for my nation. I'm fighting for my leaders. I'm praying hard. Anybody else with me? Come on, somebody. We're fighting. We're fighting. Oh, I think, I hope you guys get what I'm saying. I believe that we can, but I believe that we must. In this day and age in which we live, I believe we can fight, but I believe we must fight. How do we fight? We got to fight in prayer, friends. We got to fight on our knees. We got to fight with our praise. We got to fight not just with our hands, but our heart. We got to fight by loving each other despite our differences. Anybody with me? That person to your left, that person to your right, that's your brother, that's your sister. We got to fight together. There's no room for arguments that would bring division in the body. And anytime I bring up division, people are like, is there division? No. But every church has it. There's nothing that I need to address today. But I believe that every single one of you can probably do a little better to connect with each other. Yes? Yes? Yes. We all can. We all can. Life gets the best of you. Time gets the best of you. 
But I believe that 2 Corinthians 10.5 is true, that we can demolish every argument, every taunt that sets itself above the knowledge of God and that tries to take over our life. Set yourself above God, 2 Corinthians 10.5. And let me leave you with a couple more verses. Here we go. I believe that we can and must run to the battle lines of our life and run, not walk, run to the battle lines. Matthew 8, 5, Matthew 8, 5 through 13, he said to Jesus, just speak the word of the servant will be healed. Jesus said, go, and it'll be done just as you believe. Why? Because we believe that God speaks and it happens. We believe God to speak into your life today. Amen? Amen. Peace, be still, and trust that God is who he says he is. Now watch this for a moment. May we actually believe in the face of attack that as we sever the enemy's plans for our life, that we have to dig into the root and the raw side of ministry. How many know that it gets busy? It gets messy. And sometimes it's just better, easier. No, 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 I'm better. Easier to keep to ourselves. I'll just keep this to myself. Did you know that you're robbing a brother or a sister if you have a request that you need somebody to pray for? You're robbing them of the opportunity to learn to pray for others? When you have a request, don't be afraid to say, can you just say a prayer for me today? Get on our freedom page, whatever, get on there and say, can you just pray for me today when you get a moment? I'm just wrestling with some things that the enemy's lying to me about. Do you know that, that when you do that, you give, you give the church ammunition to believe and to fight and to pray for you? You give the enemy space when you back off asking for prayer. You know what, I, what bothers me as a pastor is when someone goes into the hospital and they're in the hospital for multiple days and then they get released and I never knew about it. I, that bothers me. I want to pray for you. The church wants to pray for you. Oh, pastor, you're too busy. I gonna... Everyone's busy. But we want to know how we can pray for you. Look at me. You matter to me because you matter to God. And in every way, shape, and form, we have to fight for each other. Amen? Amen. Psalm 144 says, Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. May our hands be trained Hands be trained. This is my prayer for you. And this is, this, is my, this is my thought here that I want you to take away. This is my prayer right here. May our hands be trained and our fingers grip the slingshot and the stone a little tighter in this season of our lives. There are times in our lives that we have to grip the sling a little tighter. We don't realize how important it is to hold on to that sling because that's your fight. That's your ammunition. That's your weapon. And that sling, that was the difference between an entire nation being saved. Everyone look at me for a moment. An entire nation hung on that sling and that one stone. If he was one to run, that would have been the moment to run. Hey, listen, I'm here just to, I'm just here to deliver bread. Cheesy bread was my role. I'm going to go back home. 
I'm going to tell Daddy Jesse that we're probably not going to win this war. I'll seize you later. But he didn't. He reminded Goliath how big his God was. And he fought. And he fought. Goliath had a huge... (laughs) He had not just a, a... a javelin and a sword and all these different weapons that weighed probably more than David did, right? But he was a champion. All David had was a stone and a God. A stone and a God. And God guided that stone and guided the entire nation of Israel to victory. Why? Because he was willing to take on the taunt. There's a taunt right now for the body of Christ. Friends, look at me. There's a taunt. Stop believing it. And face it. I will not fear. Take on the taunt. I will fight. I will pray. I will believe. Don't be sheltered in fear. Sheltered in inadequacy. I can't do that. I can't be that. I'll never be that. With that attitude, no, you won't. Are you hearing me? With that attitude, you never will. But what if we took on the taunt and believe God for everything he said? Amen? He's overcome the world. Are you with me this morning? He's overcome the world. Stop fighting for the victory. Start fighting from the victory. God already sent David there. He had him in the right place at the right time. And so will you be at the right place at the right time. Stand with me all across this room. All across this room. If you're able to stand with me, stand. The enemy is really good at lying. God only speaks truth and when he said you will overcome he means it but you have to believe that you have to believe that and you have to carry that sling and carry that stone pick and choose your stone carefully but make sure you have one in your hands because there's nothing in this world that can face you when you have God on your side and have victory. Nothing can face you and have victory. Father, I'm asking you for those that are discouraged today. I'm asking you for those that are struggling with understanding what it is that we're to do with our lives. And there are many times, oh God, that people are discouraged. Bring them about to the front lines of battle. Bring them, oh God, to that place where they trust and believe. Bring them to that place where they know who their God is and may their grip on that sling be so tight and trusting you. Father, I ask you for every person at the sound of my voice that's discouraged, for every person at the sound of my voice that has felt the need to run from battle instead of facing it, for every person, oh God, that has thought to themselves, there's no way that I can do this on my own. Truth is, none of us can. But we know one thing is for sure. 
God, you are who you said you are, and you will do what you said you would do. So today, for every person that is facing a taunt in their lives, that their marriage will never be, that their job will never be, that they are inadequate, God, would you just show them to take on the taunt because you are with them. May they find shelter in the shadow of the Almighty. May you be their fortress in time of trouble. I'm asking you today, God, in the name of Jesus, may everyone at the sound of my voice sense the victory on the horizon because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room right now. All across this room right now. All across this room right now. Just begin to ask God for victory in the taunt. God, give us victory in the taunt. I believe you for great things. I believe you for great things. I believe you for great things. But there are times that the enemy taunts, and I, I tend to believe that. Father, help me to believe your word beyond the taunt. Father, I'm asking you today, in the name of Jesus, go before us. And may every prayer that we pray, let us pray it, believing that you're there and believing that you're answering. Help us never to doubt. And when we have those moments of question, help us never to fear that you won't be there with us. We love you today. Come on, somebody tell him you love him. Come on, tell him you love him. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's, let's not rush from this moment. Just spend a moment with him. Tell him, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, maybe you're sitting in your living room right now watching this. Just close your eyes for a moment and say, I love you, Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you're discouraged. Just tell him, I love you, Jesus. Maybe you've been fighting and fighting and fighting and life is piled on more and more and more and stuff that you didn't expect happened, happened. And you're just like, man, I just feel like giving up. Father, I pray, encourage those who are discouraged. Lift up those who feel overwhelmed by life circumstances. Allow them to take on the taunt. We love you today. Father, I pray for those that are dealing with financial struggles. Lord, work something out. Let something come the direction they didn't expect. Those that are struggling to pay bills, those that are struggling to find a job, those that are trying to understand their, their family. Lord, I pray today, would you just reconcile husbands and wives fathers and sons mothers and daughters cousins brothers and sisters reconcile communities reconcile black and white and hispanic reconcile people god this world is fixated on how different i am and how different you are 
but at the end of the day, we're all your creation. Help us, oh God, to love you beyond this external realm and to lay ourselves at your feet, we pray. We are more than this shell that we walk in every day. God, may the souls of many be one because people in this room obeyed God. Because people listening obeyed God. And we're living in a day that people need to live with conviction. Live with deliberate, deliberate faith. I'm asking you these things in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. How many believe that prayer with me right now? Yes? Amen.